Hello, and welcome to the Latter-day Ladies podcast. I am your host and friend, Jenny Moss. Today, I am so excited to share my interview with Corinne Stoko. I was so inspired talking and listening to her advice, and I cannot wait for you to hear her beautiful, soothing voice as she teaches truth and incredible insights that she's had from her life. Here's a little introduction on her. Corinne Stoko is a blogger, podcaster, public speaker, and content creator behind the brand Mint Arrow. She and her husband, Neil, live in South Orange County with their three girls and baby boy, and they run a blog and business with eight total team members focused on fashion, beauty, and deals. They also run a podcast called Mint Arrow Messages. Mint Arrow has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Women's Wear Daily, Adweek, Business Insider, and Allure. Corinne is passionate about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ as often as she can and teaching others to use social media for good. Corinne. I am so excited to have you on here today. This is such a pleasure. Um, I have always been very impressed by the way that you share the gospel just very seamlessly on social media. And that's been a really wonderful example to me and I know to so many other people. So I wanted to know a little backstory. How did you find the courage to be able to share um, portions of your story, to be able to, you know, give that two people on social media. Was that scary? How, how did that work for you? Yeah, it's a great question. And thank you, by the way, for having me on here. I'm so excited to be here. So I started my blog in 2013 when my, <clears throat> sorry, when my oldest daughter, Annabelle was just a few months old and I needed something to do to not just sit at home in my pajamas by myself every day when it was getting dark at like 4 p.m. So a long story short, we started a deal blog that kind of turned into a fashion deal blog. And I did that for a couple of years with the intention to never really reveal my religious affiliation. And the reason for that is I always envisioned if I opened a bakery, I wouldn't put a sign out in front of the bakery that said, Hi, come on in. I'm at the time we call ourselves Mormon. I'm a Mormon. Like I just thought that would be really weird. So I really believed the lie that Satan wants to tell so many of us that business and religion do not ever mix. And that was my mentality going into building my blog, building my Instagram following for the first couple of years. And then I went to this retreat where there were a bunch of influencers, YouTubers, bloggers, Instagrammers. And this man named Greg Gerbet spoke and he actually today is his last day as a mission president. He's been a mission president for the last three years. But before that, he worked for the church's media department and the church's missionary department. He was over things like light the world and hear him, all of those campaigns for the church. And he spoke to this group of women and he had taken the time to collectively add up everyone's influence and, you know, their blog, their YouTube views, their Pinterest, their Instagram, their Facebook, all of each of everyone's collective numbers and said, if everyone in this room would have the courage to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
this is the potential impact you could have. And it was in, I can't even remember, but for sure the tens of millions, if not more. So I walked out of there and just felt like, how can I keep this to myself? And if I say that the gospel is the most important thing to me, why am I hiding it from people? So that was kind of the beginning. And then it's just progressively grown since then to be a really central theme of who we are and what we share and what we're all about. It it really shows that it is the central um, portion of your message. It really shows. The other day you shared on Instagram, you, you talked about the amount of followers and instead you shifted it to think about collecting this amount of people in a room and being able to tell them something that you're really excited about, something, a product you want to sell, something that you want to teach them. And I sat and just cried when I was thinking about that because I was like, even telling five people something that I really value is such a treasured experience. Like it is so powerful, this tool that the Lord has given us to be able to share the things that we love and we treasure with so many just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that you have given a lot of insight to the way that your life is and how it incorporates the gospel. One thing that I love that you share is you'll share when you go different places where you have your scripture study. How does incorporating the gospel in your family, in your life, in your faithfulness, how does that look like on a day-to-day basis for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I try, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to roll out of bed and hit my knees and very first, you know, pray to heavenly father. And I try to focus my morning prayer on gratitude. And that's a principle taught in the book of Mormon, but I try to really just outline all the things that I'm grateful for. And then really ask God, what would you have me do today and help me to know what to do and then have the power to do it. And that's actually the 11th step in the 12 steps. That is a big part of our life too chose to work the 12 steps and you, you live 10, 11, 12 every day for the rest of your life. Once you've completed the 12 steps. So step 11 is to seek through prayer and meditation to know the Lord's will and to have the power to carry it out. So that's like the first thing that I do is I try to start with gratitude and then ask God what he wants me to do that day. And then after that, as long as I've gotten my butt out of bed before my kids, which (laughs) hopefully I have done, sometimes I'm not great about it. But then I try to just retreat in a private little corner of my home somewhere, whether that's like on a couch downstairs or, you know, anywhere. Sometimes I go, if it's nice enough, I'll go out in our backyard, but just somewhere alone for a few minutes to read the scriptures and specifically the Book of Mormon. And I try to read until I really feel it, until I really feel something. I feel like God has given me a little bit of direction or peace or whatever I'm seeking that day. And then after that, I just go on with my day. And sometimes when I either don't have time to read because somebody else got up and they have an immediate need or, you know, other things got in the way that morning, then I try to fit it in while I'm getting ready or while I'm brushing my teeth at the bare minimum or, you know, while I'm eating my breakfast. I mean, there's almost always time when you can turn on the audio version of the scriptures and listen to it while you're doing something that like... Most of us will never leave the house without brushing our teeth, but it's really easy to leave the house without reading your scriptures. So if you can attach it to something like that, then you can be pretty sure to never miss it. So, and that's not something I've always been good at. That was something that I started doing when I was 28 years old. So I've been a member of the church my entire life and it took me until 28 to really 
just catch on to the fire and the power of the Book of Mormon. But once I did, I really was like, I never want to live a day without this. Kind of what it looks like, the personal religious observance by day. And then I feel like my temple time on Fridays is super, super important to me too, to like sit in the temple once a week and be able to reflect on what is actually the meaning of life and why are we here and what matters and what doesn't matter. And that really puts everything into very clear perspective for me. So that's another very big deal thing to me. Like that's a non-negotiable for us. That was literally my next question was you guys have always shared about how you and Neil, you have your temple time on Fridays. And um, I love that you do that because it is something that President Nelson shared with us to do Um, during the pandemic. He talked about, you know, when the temples open back up, like we need to make an appointment and keep it. And so something that I started doing during the pandemic was I worked in the temple right before I was married. So I have parts of it memorized. And so while I've, you know, been sick and not been able to go to the temple, you know, for different periods of my time or during COVID, I was able to go over some of the verbiage and um, just really dive in, you know, take certain phraseology and like really dig into what it means. And it's made my temple experience so much more fulfilling. Like it's been such a great thing. I love what you said about repeating those things in your mind. And also what you said about President Nelson giving us that challenge to make an appointment with the Lord and keep it with exactness and joy. And that actually, his first, the first time he stated it was in October of 2018. And when he first said that, I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea. I should do that. And then I didn't do anything about it for a couple of months, but every year I give a gift to Jesus. And that year at the end of 2018, it was super clear that the Lord wanted me to do that, to incorporate that into our life. And so January of 2019 hit and I was like, okay, we're going to do this and I'm going to do it. And do you want to do it with me? And my husband was kind of like, well, that's really ambitious, but I'll go with you when I can. But if you want to go every week, great. So I started going every week and three weeks into that year was when my husband's brother was murdered. And it was, you know, I reflect on that time and there is no way that we would have gone to the temple as much, probably even less than what we were going, which was like maybe once a month, but probably to be honest, more like once a quarter before that commitment of going every week. And because I had made that commitment and I'm the type of person that I'm like, no, if I committed, I committed, I'm doing this. And it was such an incredible blessing to be in the temple weekly during that incredibly difficult year and to have heaven feel so close. And in that same statement, President Nelson in October of 2018 said something along the lines of, I promise you that you will receive the miracles that he knows you need as you, you know, fulfill your part of this promise. And so, you know, we didn't get the miracle to find my brother-in-law alive and well. We didn't get the miracle that we first prayed for when we found out that he was missing, but so many other miracles followed. And I don't even want to think about what it would have been like trying to deal with that trial for the next year and for the, really for the last three and a half years and all of the grief that has followed that and the different stages of grief without having that really strong heavenly connection. So it has just made all the difference for me, for both of us, but really I can just only speak for myself, for me to feel the presence of the Lord in the temple so often. I 
love that so much. And you could see it um, with the, when you guys shared portions of the tender mercies that you received throughout that experience, like it was so incredibly affirming watching your testimony uh, really reverberate through that, through that really difficult trial. You have shared about multiple difficult things throughout the years. You've shared about divorce and you've shared about addiction with Neil's addiction recovery and also with you going through the program as well and all of the blessings that you've received from that. And um, do you think that those trials have helped you in your purpose here on earth? Yes. And I actually used to really cringe when people would say at, I'm so (laughs) grateful for my addiction. I would just be like, oh, there is no way that you are experiencing what we're experiencing because you could never be grateful for this because it's like, this is ruining lives. This is ruining families. This is all Satan. And, you know, then once I came out um, on the other side of that proverbially or whatever, after doing the 12 steps and after seeing that miracle of the atonement of Jesus Christ completely changing our lives for the better, now I can see, oh, really? All things work for good. All things, you know, with God, all things work for good. And so he will even take those weaknesses and make them strengths. And I've seen that in, especially in Neil's life, where he has taken this like, nearly lifelong struggle. And now that he has figured out how to live in recovery with it every day, he can bless so many other people's lives. And that's step 12 of the 12 steps is to, um, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the atonement of Jesus Christ, share this message with others and practice these principles and all you do. So the sharing it with others is something that we're able to do on a really, really wide scale. And, but also I would say it's, even more powerful when it's just like a one-on-one person that he's able to mentor or, you know, we use um, sponsors in the 12 step program. And so if he's able to sponsor someone and walk them through the 12 steps, as if he was taking someone up Mount Everest for the first time, because he's climbed that mountain many times, that's something that is even more powerful. And which makes sense because that's how the savior worked. It was always, you know, one person at a time, one by one. So I have seen really the atonement of Jesus Christ in action so much more through the 12 steps. than I think I ever would have been able to, if we hadn't experienced what we've experienced in recovery. Yeah. And, and it shows. And um, I remember you did an interview with Morgan Jones on all in. And I remember where I was in my car, listening to it being like, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what the atonement is for. The atonement is to heal us from the inside out. And it wasn't just addiction that was being healed. It was all of the elements. Thank you for being willing to share. I love hearing you and Neil speak about it. It is powerful. You've also shared about postpartum depression, which again, is something that so many people deal with. What elements of gospel living have helped you with healing from postpartum depression? Because sometimes it can linger for quite a while. Yeah, I had a really wise therapist. I was so blessed that a former young women's uh, mentor or leader of mine was able to be my therapist through that. And actually, well, so I've had four babies and my first, I had postpartum depression, which I really didn't understand what it was until my six week appointment when I went 
I'm checked in with my doctor and he said, how are the baby blues? And I started bawling and I just like couldn't stop crying. And I said, I cry every day. And he was like, there's no need for that. So, you know, he helped me try some medication, which I didn't end up loving, but I got through it. I got through that period. And then with my second and third daughters, I had, you know, a a period of baby blues and, you know, maybe light postpartum depression, but it wasn't anything that really totally took me down. My fourth baby with Harry, I was taken out by postpartum depression to the point where I didn't even recognize myself. It was hard for me to get out of bed and walk downstairs and get myself breakfast a lot of days. And I love the newborn phase. I love having a newborn baby. And I just remember dreading when the baby would wake up and he would start crying and I would have to give myself pep talks like, okay, I can do this. I can get up, I can feed him. And then I can get right back in bed, which is now like, it's crazy for me to hear myself remember those times or, or say that because that is not me. I am like a, you know, go, go, go person, but postpartum depression, I really didn't recognize myself. And so anyway, my therapist who was so wise said a lot of things that helped me a lot. And, and, oh, this is what I was going to tell you is, you know, my doctor and my parents were like, you know, I really think you should look into some talk therapy and see if that will help you. And, and I was like, I don't understand how talk therapy is going to help me. I didn't, this isn't the death of a loved one. This isn't some traumatic thing that it's not a divorce. It's not something that I need to process and get over. It's just me feeling like I'm so depleted that I have no energy every day. And yet talking to someone was so helpful because she could see things that I couldn't. And she was able to help me walk through a lot of the shame and guilt that I was feeling, including feeling like I couldn't feel the spirit and feeling like I couldn't focus on my scriptures. And I wasn't myself in so many ways. And a few of the really wise things that she taught me were number one, that the harder I would fight this, the longer it would take. So she was like, you really need to try, stop trying to fight it and instead, you know, learn what, whatever you're supposed to learn from this and, and really trust God that this is going to be a process and it will get better and you will get back to yourself. Um, so that was helpful. And then, you know, with, with the scriptures and with not being able to feel the spirit that it was so affirming to me to hear a medical professional, someone who had spent an entire, you know, to the point where she received her PhD in psychology studies, she was able to say to me, this is super common for people going through what you're going through to feel like they can't feel the spirit and they can't focus on reading their scriptures and they can't do what they normally do spiritually. So she was like, what we need to do is just scale it way back, just simplify this down to small and simple things. So what she had me do, which was so wise, was pick a scripture because I love the Book of Mormon, pick a scripture from the Book of Mormon, but it certainly could have been from anywhere. But I picked a Book of Mormon scripture once a week, and then she had me read that same verse every day for a week and then just read it and ponder and let that you know sit in my thoughts. And being able to take things down to the most simple format was really helpful for me during that super challenging time. And then I did eventually get better and I did eventually start to feel like myself again, but it did take a long time. I would say it was the better part of a year before I really started to feel like I was myself again. So that was a learning experience. And and one last thing I'll say about that 
is she told me, you will not be the same after this. You will be better. You will be better than you were before because the compassion and understanding that you will gain from this experience will change you forever. And it really did. I remember watching, do you watch This Is Us? Yeah. So I remember ironically, right before I was, I had this really bad postpartum depression in 2020 with Harry. I remember watching an episode of This Is Us where Toby's depression comes back and he's just laying in bed and Kate's like, let's go for a walk, Toby. Let's take the dog on a walk. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'll just stay here. And I remember so judgmentally watching that and being like, I would never be in that position. Like that, that would never be me that you couldn't get me out of bed to just like simply go walk the dog around the, the neighborhood. And now like, you know, or whatever, a few months later, it was literally me just laying in bed, not wanting to, my husband would be like, let's go on a walk. Let's go do something. And I just didn't want to go anywhere or leave the house or even leave our bedroom. You know? So it was a good learning experience for me to develop the kind of compassion that I probably would not have been able to develop any other way. I love that, that you took a book of Mormon scripture and focused on that all week. And it probably helped your, um, spirit just slowly digest information because when you're in a a position like that, when you feel postpartum, it is a numbness and it is really difficult because you get frustrated with yourself because there are things happening around you and you want to be feeling the spirit. You want to be participating, but it's almost like your body has to heal. So I, I'm so thankful that you had an incredible therapist and that you did the work, you know, because doing the work is tough. It's really tough. So I'm grateful that you guys were willing to do that. My last question I want to ask you is, if you were sitting with someone right now who is really experiencing something difficult, something that is their Mount Everest, um, how would you reassure her that Christ is there for her and with her? That's a great question. I think there's a reason why the Sunday school answers are what they are because they work and because that is the simplicity of the gospel. And the incredible thing about that is that it works for anyone in any situation, whatever economic or social or, you know, worldwide, wherever you are and whatever you're dealing with, those things work to, you know, get on your knees, ask for help. And not just in a repetitive way, but in like a really like, broken heart, contrite spirit, vulnerable way of just saying, this is what I'm facing. And this is where I'm having a hard time and help me to know how to deal with it. And then opening the scriptures and taking the time to really look for the answers and then giving yourself a little bit of space to ponder and to think and listen and, you know, doing those things. And then, you know, obviously going to church and serving and doing, you know, that's, that's an added, measure of strength, but I think the personal religious observation of getting close to the savior is step one, just those really, really simple things. You know, I think there are so many complex ways of thinking through things and well, maybe this is the answer. Well, maybe that, well, maybe you need, you know, I mean, there just are so many different answers that sometimes that can feel overwhelming. And I think Satan loves to live in the overwhelm. He loves to make feel complicated. He loves to make everything feel completely out of reach as far as, you know, God hearing you or helping you. 
And then God's ways are always simple. It's always like, no, we can just boil this down to the very most simple things of just talk to me and then listen, you know, tell me what's going on, open your scriptures and listen, have a little bit of stillness and let me talk to you. And then we can get through anything. I mean, it's really that simple. Yes. Thank you. And um, I love that your testimony throughout everything that you have shared today and um, consistently is so much based upon the foundation of Jesus. Our understanding of who we are is so clarified with knowing who he is. I know that any answers that you're looking for and seeking, they are there. The truth exists and, um, and keep asking, keep trusting, keep believing, keep providing space for God to talk to you. And, um, and those answers will come. Corinne, this has been such a pleasure. You are just a delight. I just want you to know how grateful we are as a collective, as the Latter-day Ladies, for your willingness and your sacrifice to consistently put yourself in a position to speak truth, because that comes with a great deal of effort. And the Lord loves effort. Oh, thank you so much. I love you guys. I think what you do is so beautiful and incredible and so needed. You know, so many people are seeking truth and a place to find that consistently. And you guys are doing a beautiful job of that. Well, thank you. Have an amazing day and we will talk to you soon. I have no doubt that you are smiling so big listening to this incredible interview. I got choked up a couple times and you can tell I'm talking very fast because I was so excited to talk with her. But um, I hope you enjoyed this interview and that it was able to resonate with you and support you in things that you're going through. And if anyone popped into your mind as you listened to these words, please send the podcast over to them. Our main goal with everything in the Latter-day Ladies is sending the balm of Gilead to the people who are looking and seeking for it. I love you. I hope you have an incredible week and know that you are important and doing an important work. Have the best day. Bye.